You are listening to the Performers and Creators Lab. It really is about time that this evolution has come about for people now to protect themselves and call out the abusers. The conversation still has to continue. It has to keep elevating, enlightening people to other abuses. I mean, there's, I know so many stories of power abuse, and it's not only sexual. Welcome to the Performers and Creators Lab podcast, where we are empowering an army of artists on the leading edge. My name is Holly Shaw, best-selling author of The Creative Formula, hypnotherapist, and creativity coach. On this weekly show, we're going to be helping you to excel at your craft and find your edge, because it is my belief that your creative mind, open to its own genius, has the power to change the world. You are listening to episode number six, Power Games in Your Creative Career. The challenges with creating a culture where artists can thrive has to do with who has the power. It's the reality of the way the entire game is set up from the music industry executives to the casting couch in the film industry, even to the clients who hire you for their events and their weddings and their gigs. I think one of the hardest things about being an artist, whether you're a musician or an actor, a dancer, choreographer, or a composer, is the sense of not having complete power over your career. There's often a sort of surrendering of power to the outside in an effort to be selected as one of the chosen few. And it's like, even in those instances that you decide to go it alone and produce work independently, you still have some amount of giving over your power to your audience or to the client who's going to hire you for a gig. I remember being an actor and having to be ready to drop everything for an audition. I mean, your agent calls you the night before and says, I need you here at 3 p.m. tomorrow. Now, when I was doing acting, I lived in Indianapolis, but of course there was no industry in Indianapolis really to speak of, and so my agent was in Chicago, everything was there. I would take the Amtrak train to Chicago for auditions, and it took five hours to get there. And I would get to an audition, and I'd get maybe like one minute to say the line. Sometimes I'd screw it up, but that's for another story. <laughs> and they would say the casting director would just sort of sigh and say, mm, thank you very much. And I turn around and I get back on that train to Indianapolis five more hours to get back home. And then I went into the professional dance world. And it wasn't much different. It really wasn't that different. It was just more intimate. And in that way, it was kind of mean. There was a lot of tight-knit politics. I got tired of it. And I got tired of doing work that I was half enthusiastic about. And so I struck out on my own and I started making my own work. But you know, even still, you're connected to other artists and 
potential producers, and there's always the power of the audience. You know, do they like you or not? But through my work, I've always been seeking a different way of doing things, uh, a way out of this power struggle. One of the most important things to remember about power is the drive for it, the competition over it. It all stems from one thing, fear, fear about not having enough. Fear that if I don't have the power, then that means someone else will hold the power over me. There's this idea that power is finite, that it has to exist in one hand or the other. And I love uh, Brene Brown. She's a social researcher and famous thought leader. And she challenges this idea of finite power. Brene Brown says that we are now in a time when it's important for us to move from a system of having power over each other to having power with each other. The old systems of fighting about who has the power are disintegrating and bubbling up to a head because our planet can't handle it anymore. This idea for talking about power came up when I was recently interviewing actor Jeffrey Wiseman and hearing him talk about the ups and downs of his acting career and the power struggles that can happen in Hollywood. Jeffrey Wiseman has appeared in over a hundred film and television roles in his 40 plus year career. On the big screen, he's had leads in Back to the Future 2 and 3, Pale Rider, Twilight Zone, the movie, Corked, Savior of None, and many others. And on TV, he's had guest spots on Diagnosis, Murder, Scarecrow, and Mrs. King, Saved by the Bell, The Man Show, and so many more. He has appeared in dozens of commercials, industrials, voiceover, animation, radio, you name it. And recently, he played Perry in the stage version of The Fisher King, Igor and the Young Frankenstein, the musical, and he's been in over a hundred other theatrical performances. He helped found Los Angeles Theater Sports and has been the artistic director of several improvisational troupes. In addition to all that, he mentors many other actors. In talking with Jeffrey about the acting business, it was clear he has a lot of generous advice to give young actors or actors just starting out. But as we continue to talk about the acting business more and more, the issue of power and Hollywood's power structure came up. And Jeffrey had some interesting insights into the nature of the Hollywood power structure and where it came from. What's going on right now in Hollywood and how um, I just feel like it's a time of ripe for things to change. It's a ripe time for things to change. It's a, it's a, it's a great time. Like, is it really appropriate that people are rude and crass and can't they just take a little extra time to be a little nicer? And don't you think that sort of, I've got the power and you don't thing needs to change? What do you think? Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> of course it needs to change it. If you look at early Hollywood, it was really full of passionate, great actors that often came from stage and these migrants that were fascinated with the, uh, you know, the, the equipment and the evolution of it. And, and a lot of 
people started making a great deal of money when the whole distribution network started amalgamating and filmmaking uh the, these movie moguls were, were born and, and the mob also moved in. So you had lots of power going after a lot of money. You had a lot of people outside the business or outside of creativity. Part of that, really the nurturing storytelling team yeah. that were kind of, uh, you know, in places of power because of the money and the business side of it. And love the the glory and the glamour, but could give a shit about how good the story was, or, or, uh, you know, there there was misogyny and power abuse, and it really had never really gotten a wake up call before. I, I'm from time to time, people would fight back on blacklisting. Uh, from time to time, people would fight fight back or just in their careers by, by calling out, you know, people who are doing wrong or they get killed. You know, it's, it was a really hard, hard time. I, I know that in the eighties, a lot of abuses on the business side came to light. The Beaglemans, the UA, uh, uh, fiasco, the, the mob abuses, uh, MCA, taking over Universal, um, Payola, you know, there's a lot of different abuse through the years. And the casting couch thing was never, it was always known, but not discussed, or they would discuss it behind closed doors or in secret. or, or That's in, a joke, right? Or, yeah. or in, in shame. You know, yeah, I submitted to this, you know, and, uh, so-and-so suck so-and-so's dick for this role and and got it or didn't get it you know oh or, yeah or, and the woman was shamed or the person i should say not always and, the woman. men too I, mm-hmm. I unfortunately have to speak from experience so uh it it really is uh about time that this evolution has come about for people now to protect themselves and call out the abusers i mean people have known for years about kevin spacey people have known for years about you know, Weinstein and, and company. And, and it, it's great that now they're being called out, but the, the, the conversation still has to continue. It has to keep elevating, uh, enlightening people to other abuses. I mean, there's, I know so many stories of power abuse and it's not only sexual. Right. It's just amazing what it's gone on. And, you know, from my resume, I was caught in the middle of a, huge mess on the those back to the future movies when we come back hear about how jeffrey unknowingly gets caught up in the middle of a huge hollywood power struggle involving the identity of another actor in the largest grossing film of 1985 If you love listening to the Performers and Creators Lab podcast, then you should subscribe on your iTunes app. Subscribing is free and you do it simply by the click of a button. And it means that new episodes show up in your playlist and you never miss one. Also, while you're there, please rate and review the podcast on iTunes. And hey, listen to this. If you leave a review, good or bad, you'll automatically get entered to win an autographed copy of my book, The Creative Formula. That's right. 
I'm going to write a little message in there and take it to the post office for you and everything. So every week after our February 14th launch, I'm going to be picking one reviewer's name out of a hat and declaring a winner. So leave me a review and it could be you receiving that book. Listening to the Performers and Creators Lab podcast with me, Holly Shaw. Call and leave a comment at 415-870-7064. Again, that's 415-870-7064. Or you can find out more about us on the web at performersandcreatorslab.com. You played Marty's dad in the Back to the Future movie two and three how was it I mean that was such an iconic movie for me I was very I was young and in love with Michael J Fox at the time and and for so many that was such a huge iconic movie how was it for you moving into that role like taking over someone else's role in such a big movie it was big (laughs) I it's uh it was at the time uh incredibly exciting in fact i'm still thrilled that i i was able to do it i though like i mentioned was sort of caught in the middle of a a very strange situation uh i had been approached to be a photo double for crispin who originated the role and i knew crispin from working with him on a film before he got George McFly in the first film and I thought he was a fascinating actor and at the time I needed the work so I was willing to do photo double work and then eventually after being auditioned and fitted for uh, prosthetics the masks uh, basically the makeup I wore and screen tested with that makeup I was told that Crispin wasn't coming back that I was taking over the role which was a total surprise to me um because in my mind, I figured they needed George at two places at the same time, like they needed Marty at three different characters at the same time, some of the scenes we shot. And I couldn't fathom how they could make the film without him. But here's another example of power struggle in Hollywood. You know, since the first film, which was the highest grossing film of 1985 for Universal, uh, Crispin had done other leads in River's Edge and, you know, uh, several other films and had been making a good name for himself. So when they came back to do the sequel, uh, Crispin obviously wanted, you know, good money, probably, you know, at least the same as uh, Tom Wilson or, or uh, Leah Thompson. Um, but I think he also wanted some script approval. But none, nonetheless, I don't think Spielberg and company saw him as that viable of a star. Is that important? And also, yes, the first film, if you look at it, was really George's story. It was George McFly's story. The second film was Marty McFly's story, and the third one was Doc Brown's story. So yeah. had been uh, George had been now more of a support player. So they, I guess, felt, you know, it wasn't so important for them to play Crispin's game. Uh, and Crispin also had been, because he is a very eccentric man and uh, a, a obsessive artist he made demands on the first film that put a lot of people off he wouldn't let anyone cut his hair he he uh would disappear during shooting uh he was difficult he made he and leah did a painting while rehearsing and insisted that it be part of their home uh, anyway he's been uh 
didn't know his own boundaries. And, and, you know, that shot him in the foot for coming back for the sequels, even though they still used a bit of his footage to spliced in with my work. Because I played George age 17, age 47, age 77 in two and three. And so a lot of people didn't realize there was a different actor. And on top of it, Universal kept from me, kept access from me having photos so I could promote, promote myself as, in the role because they didn't want Crispin to sue because they knew that they had made me up to look like him. Now, if you look at the side-by-side pictures, I don't look that much exactly like him, but resemble enough. And yet, you know, Crispin eventually sued. And with the pictures that I finally got, he had momentum to probably win his case, but he was going to tie everyone up for a long time. So they just gave him three quarters of a million dollars to go away. So it never went to court. Uh, but it's still lingering. It's still uh, the producers like Bob Gale and, and Crispin, they still are butting heads over it. And it's oh my God, it's been 30, over 30 years. Yeah. And you would think that, you know, they just like get along for one of these reunions and raise money for Michael J. Fox Parkinson's foundation. You know, yeah. something, something worthy of, of both sides because they're all really good people. Really, Crispin's a great guy, and Bob Gale's okay. He's a good guy too. Yeah. You know, they're all beloved by their fans. Why not get together for the fans' sake and yeah. in the Michigan? Anyway, that's my two cents. That's really that's a really interesting story, and I think the the real gem out of this is when you get those jobs as a stand-in. When you get those jobs as a you know, I I was once told by someone never take you know, not to take stand-in work. But since, um, later now in life, I hear that it's not a bad way to make connections and get to know people. And in your case, it got you a job on a highly, a high-profile, big blockbuster well, movie. They, yeah, they, they didn't come clean with me at the beginning, saying that they were actually looking for a replacement. They were kind of misleading me. They kind of misled the problem. You know, it was the whole process was pretty iffy oh so it was from the get-go that they were pretty much uh, it, it was my makeup artist who told me that crispin was out oh. and then my my agent got the call at the last minute on a friday before going to work on monday to negotiate a contract they were kind of caught blind blindsided and anyway it was it was uh, manipulative but hollywood is that way you're gonna find when i screen tested for the lead in the film it was originally called the genius later became war games I learned that when you go to screen test for a movie, you negotiate, your agent negotiates your contract before they do the test. Because they learned after a while that an actor that they really like who does a good test has them over a barrel if they want them. They like to have the power. The studios, once again, are run by attorneys and bean counters and accountants. And, uh, you know, they got a lot riding on what they do, although it's sometimes boggles the mind how Hollywood, you know, a studio can make 30 films and out of those 30, 29 of them are just poor, but they have one blockbuster and that one blockbuster pays for those other 29. You know, they don't, they're like, a, it's a crap game. Right. It's, I wonder that as well. I'm like, wow, with all the great art that I've seen in my life. And then I watch a movie and I'm like, how did no one stop this from happening? 
Like what? Who? Somebody should have pulled the plug or changed course or. Well, it's like I said, the the abuse that's been going on for years and years. The people in power, you know, sometimes the nepotism. The 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 big boss's kid is now head of the studio, and what's his training in? Tennis. You know, I don't know. I, I'm, you know, just being very general. And there are a lot of really great people in Hollywood. There's a lot of great people. And, and you just need to make that list. Go do your research in, on films that you love. Look at the director. Look at the production team. Look at the actors that you love. And create in your journal who those people are that you would like to work with. And that's who you strive with, who you strive for. And love it. When you, you know, why you, uh, you know, I've, I've worked with some really greats like John Lithgow and, and Clint Eastwood and, and Michael Keaton and, and uh, of course, Michael J. Fox and company and George Miller, the wonderful director. And you need to tell those people when you're working with them how much you are, you know, honored to be working with them or, or love their work or what have you. And it's at that point that you try to make some sort of social connection. Can I stay in touch? I'd love to keep working with you that's when shyness will kill you <laughs> shyness <laughs> is nice uh but it also is going to derail you from growing in your your career uh, what one kid that i've mentored since he was 13 he's now 22 i think i he just he's working with so many great talents now because he's not shy he's a go-getter and he is a gentleman and and knows when to turn it on and turn it off. And uh, knowing that about yourself is, is key, having those social skills. And also, you know, being a go-getter, being aggressive without crossing boundaries. It's time for an initiation exercise. And this initiation exercise is called Power Over and Power Under. I think a lot of times when it comes to power, we tend to see things from one perspective. If we feel powerless, we tend to sort of have blinders to those other areas where we actually are holding power for ourselves or even holding power over other people or other situations. And so this exercise is meant to sort of give you a little bit of perspective and stretch out your beliefs a little bit about what, what is, where you're powerful and where you aren't. So here we go. So I want you to take out a piece of paper and down the middle of the paper, you're going to draw a line down the middle of the paper. And so now you're going to have a left side of the paper and a right side of the paper. On the left side at the top, you're going to write power over. Okay. And then on the right side, of the piece of paper, you're going to write power under. Now you're going to find the right side maybe a little bit easier if you're in a place where you're feeling somewhat powerless in your life. Uh, I hope that you don't feel powerless, but if you're in that place right now, go ahead and uh, turn to the right side and you're going to write down all the people, all the situations, all the places and points where you feel powerless, where you feel like someone or something has power over you and is dictating something in your life. So make a list of those things on the right. 
And then once you've done that completely, you're going to turn to the left side of the paper and you're going to write down all the places and all the people and all the situations where you have the power. And I know at first you might feel like, well, I don't, uh, but, and it may be hard to admit. And these places might be not at first um, apparent. I mean, it might not be that you're the boss of someone, but we all have these little power plays that we do between each other. So maybe it's a person that you can always kind of feel like maybe they like you more than you like them and you have a little bit of an edge there. So look for those places in your life where you have an edge, where you have an advantage, and you can kind of feel that. So write those places down on the left side. And then when you're finished with that list, I want you to look at that list of places, people, situations where you have the power, and I want you to pick one situation where you could imagine attempting to share that power this week. So shifting that dynamic. Because it it feels kind of good, doesn't it? And that's why it's hard to admit. It feels kind of good to have a little bit of power over somebody. But think about how could you share that power this week? How could you um, shift it a little or try something different and invite that person or that situation to share the power with you. So you're employing this idea of sharing power with as opposed to having power over. And that is your challenge for this week. You are listening to the Performers and Creators Lab podcast with me, Holly Shaw. Call and leave a comment at 415-870-7064. Again, that's 415-870-7064. Or you can find out more about us on the web at performersandcreatorslab.com. Improvisation is... Yes, and. Yes, and. <laughs> yes, and. I've, uh, I've been improvising uh, through this whole interview. Character. So much love. There's a gazillion. Come see my website. <laughs> okay. Comedy. Is life. Is the essence of knowledge and uh, a way of coping just don't normalize the the shitheads mm. <laughs> collaboration is everything Jeffrey coaches actors, and he's available for mentorship and audition coaching. He even works with actors virtually via Skype. You can find out more about Jeffrey, his coaching, and his work at jeffreywiseman.com. That's Jeffrey, J-E-F-F-R-E-Y, Wiseman, W-E-I-S-S-M-A-N.com. One of my main purposes for creating this podcast is to empower artists, to empower an army of artists on the leading edge. But even that word, empower, 
is so bullshitty. It implies that somehow I have the power and I'm giving it to you. But how can I give you something that was already yours to begin with? You know, the language is imperfect. The truth is, in the lyrics of James Brown, you got the power. The power is yours. You have the power and it's power to be remembered and power to reconnect with. You know, my brother-in-law, Tim Pratt, he is a prolific Hugo Award-winning writer, and he told me recently, no one in publishing knows what's going to work. All they know is the last thing that worked, and they know by now that if they just repeat the last thing that worked, it probably wouldn't work a second time. I love that, because think about it. If the people in power, if the deciders don't have all the answers about what is good, then how can any one single one of us have the exact answers of what is going to work? And there isn't one of us that is going to have all the answers. So there isn't one of us that should have all the power. It is going to take each of us, empowered individually, sharing our power, not lording it over someone else, to come up with the solutions. You might have the answer to a new angle on a slightly different way of doing things. And if you put it out there and someone else picks it up, changes it a little bit, until one day, one day we wake up in a world of empowered, creative people. So it is your job to walk empowered. It is your job to be confident and willing to share that power and open the minds of others because I truly believe a creative mind open to its own genius really does have the power to change the world. Many of the topics and ideas for these episodes come directly from your posts and your comments in the Performers and Creators Lab community Facebook group. So be sure to find us and join us there. You can share what you're working on. You can meet some of the guests on the show and get support from me and the other members of the group. Show ideas also come from my amazing team of creative think tankers, Melanie Myers, Erica Milligan, and Hannah Romanowski. And a big thank you to my producers, Q4TA and executive producer Robert Cholino and Voice America Network. And thank you for listening to the Performers and Creators Lab podcast. And be sure to subscribe so that you can look forward to a new episode every week. My name is Holly Shaw. Dead-eyed, pie-eyed, still she was a dream. Knocked, knee, flat feet, both of them were left feet. Weighed a pound less than a match, she was so lean. Is it coming through? Yep. <laughs> Perfect, it's fine.